Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, one of my favorite guests, CBS's Will Brinson, joins us to come up with one of my favorite topics of the year, fake trades. Yes, I wrote a column for ESPN breaking down some fake trades. I've come up with more. Will has come up with more. We have fake trades involving pretty much every player from the Panthers and a variety of other NFL teams. But first, I want to tell you about another podcast, which is now available twice a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays, The Mina Kime Show, featuring Lenny, a podcast hosted by ESPN NFL analyst Mina. Oh, I know Mina Kimes. I forgot. Of course, I know Mina Kimes. Mina Kimes is a friend of our show, a friend of mine. Of course, you're listening to Mina Kimes already. But if you're not for some crazy reason, Mina Kimes is hosting the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny twice a week during the season here. She's joined on Tuesdays by another friend of ours, Dominique Foxworth. And then later in the week, she's joined by different expert guests to preview the most intriguing games. That is the Mina Kimes show featuring Lenny. Listen wherever you are listening to this podcast. All right, now here is promised on the Bill Barnwell Show, a regular contributor, a man who has many talents, but one of which reminded me he needed to be on the show to talk about one of my favorite topics, to say the least, which is fake trades. Joining me to come up with some more fake NFL trades in advance of the November deadline is my friend, CBS's Will Brinson. Will. What's up, Bill? What's going on, man? I, uh, you know, I gotta say, like, so I, I tweeted out something. I think I'm actually going to use that the trade that I tweeted. Just perfect. Um, you know, seems a waste of a tweet. Tweets and a, and a good trade. And, and, a, and a good trade. That's right. Um, uh, but you know, when you asked me if I would do a fake trade podcast, I was like, yeah. I mean, I immediately said yes. But then, of course, the the realization that I'm now. Um, uh, coming up with fake trades against the the trade master is a little concerning i mean you do a you do an entire mock draft isn't it the mock draft of trades mm -hmm. that's true it is i believe zero for maybe 240 in terms of successful <laughs> yeah picks, but like but fun to think the, about well i was gonna say that like the 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 level of difficulty of doing that it's not even about the accuracy it's about the level of difficulty and that's like like i always like to i got uh um, oh God, uh, Ken Wisenhunt mm -hmm. almost punched me in the air. I mean, he didn't really almost punch me. But he, he gave me a dirty look in an airport after the owners' meetings one time. Me and Pete Prisco were, um, were, were waiting to fly out. I think it was Arizona, but we were mm -hmm. at the airport and he's like, Kenny, <laughs> Pete, what's oh, no. going on? Oh, no. He introduced me and he gave me this look. And he's like, Why? Did I know that. Why? And, I, and I, it was because I had. In a, my mock draft that offseason had traded Philip Rivers to the Titans, and, <laughs> and he did not. He did not like that. Well, heaven forbid you try to get Tennessee's quarterback situation to be the best it's been in the history of the franchise since moving. Right, exactly. I just, I just like the idea. It's like it's, it's not a. Well, I wasn't trying to start rumors. It was just a, a thought exercise. Yes, it's fun. Stuff right. is allowed to be fun. Not everyone has to be angry all the time about every single thing when it comes to football. Have some fun, Kenny. Just thinking I, about some stuff, Ken Wisenhut. It's okay. You don't got to be mad. <laughs> That's right. I, I do. I actually, I, I like Ken Wisenhut. But I, anyway, I digress. To be fair, I don't think he's a listener to the show. And if he is, we're going to find out very soon. <laughs> I know. It, it, it is. Um, 
Yeah. If you mention, it is funny if like you mentioned somebody on a podcast or like a radio hit and you mm-hmm. get, and like, they're not listening at the time. Like I had a, a you know, uh, a buddy who texts, he's like, why am I getting texts that you mentioned me on the local radio show? I was like, I called you a great insurance agent, Franklin, relax. <laughs> anyway. Just trying to help Franklin out and that's what you get punishment. Yeah. I won't even mention the name because I don't, I'm sure I don't, I don't want to, I screw up sponsorships regularly, but I don't want to mess up. I don't want to mess them up for your show. That's fine. That's fine. You're not, you're not getting paid for that. Well, so you don't, you should not have to. (laughs) It's like mentioning the new name of the Steelers stadium. They're not paying me. I'm going to call it Heinz field until someone makes me. And you know, what's funny too, is about that. Not to, not to, um, further derail or the intro to this podcast, but, um, I, I, like, I love that I'm, so offended by them taking away the name Heinz Field, just like I was offended by them taking away the Staples Center. Mm-hmm. And it didn't occur to me until after, like after the fact, after I was offended and, and upset by it, that I'm being I'm upset for the uh, a, a not only a ketchup company, but also a, a office supply company. <laughs> it's like, how dare you, Sully? It's a it's the Staples Center, you know. It's like named it's after always been the Staples Center to me. But isn't it, isn't it odd though? Right, of course. But isn't it odd that like. Like it, it, oh oh it's like it's like you can't call it the crypto.com arena but if you oh the staples center you know as long as it's the staples center like I'm I'm fine as long as it's named after an office supply situation yes if it was the office depot center not willing to accept it <laughs> I I love the staples center because it reminds me of one of my favorite tweets of all time which is uh Jessica Spatana traveling with Charlotte Wilder and Charlotte pointing towards a staples and saying oh is that the staples center and Jess saying no that's just a big staples. <laughs> That's pretty good. Which is pretty incredible. Yeah, that checks out too. Um, in terms of all due respect to Charlotte and wait, Charlotte pointed at the Staples, right? Yes, Charlotte. Charlotte was the one who misidentified a particularly big office supply store as the arena where the Lakers and Clippers and Kings play or have I, played. I, I say this lovingly, but that so Charlotte was the rube in this case. <laughs> <laughs> Another another very smart guest who I will exactly. I I will not sully her name, but yes, that is the. That Wait, is do a, you only have rubes on here? What is going on? <laughs> we will find out. We will find out depending on how good these trades are. I have faith in you, but maybe the public will disagree. I will say when I did my my fake trades column for ESPN this fall, I got almost universally negative feedback. So we will see how this group goes. Um, but we have 10 trades, I believe. We have a few at the very least. I, I came up with five. I think you have five as well. I think there's a lot that could happen this deadline. I think there's certainly more openness to trades than there have been in years past. And I think, frankly, there's more to gain. There's such a It's such a weird season. There are so many teams right around 500 that I think a team that does choose to kind of tank or does choose to sell off could have lots of lots of possible uh, options for to, to trade to. So I think there's a lot to get to. I'm going to let you go first. I, whether you want to do the trade you put on Twitter to start there or a different trade, yeah. please. Will the floor is yours. I think I think we uh, I think we fire up with uh, the original fake trade. I mean, you obviously had an entire column, but the the one that um, let you you came up with that yeah the one that I came up podcast. with. A th- yeah, right. This sparked the, the the podcast was a um, three way trade. So uh, I know, right? Three way three. People got mad at this too. They're like, that's, "That's not a realistic trade." <laughs> oh. Yes, I, I don't actually expect a three way all running back 
<laughs> trade to go down. And then someone was like, well, who's getting the draft picks? It's like, oh, you can probably figure that out. Please, people. Uh, yeah, it's the Panthers get the draft picks. Uh, so in this instance, we're going to do a three-way running back trade mm-hmm. in which the Rams, the Los Angeles Rams uh, of, of, of F them picks fame. Sure. Uh, get Christian McCaffrey, hmm. the all pro off injured uh, superstar running back for the Carolina Panthers. Yep. And Carolina gets, uh, uh, the, excuse me, the Broncos are going to be involved in this as well. Yep. They get Cam Akers, who yep. uh, we have been told by Sean McVay is uh, wants to play somewhere else. And they're, they're, they're looking at another option for him. They're trying to train mm-hmm. him basically. And yes. the Carolina Panthers who are in full blown tank mode, or should be in full blown <laughs> tank mode are getting Melvin Gordon, who just got like was stealing carries from Javante Williams and then got benched for Latavius Murray. Very confusing scenario for what happened there in Denver. I'm blocked. I'm blocked by Melvin Gordon on Twitter. Um, oh, that's a good point. Am I blocked by Melvin Gordon on Twitter? He, he searches his name I, regularly, and I think I must. He yes. does. Now, but what's odd, Bill, is I've played Madden with Melvin Gordon <laughs> in, in person at the Super Bowl, and yet I'm blocked by him on Twitter. But, you know, whatever. Like, he, I mean, he wouldn't know me from Adam. But um, Oh, sure. Oh, I should mention the Panthers also get a 2023 second-round pick from the Rams and a 2023 fourth-round pick from the Broncos, which feels perhaps steep, but I didn't want to be yelled at um, by Panthers fans. Like, you can't just – like, mm. the Rams finish you – know, Rams go to the playoffs, that 2023 second-round pick, and maybe a little shy of what they would want for Christian McCaffrey. So I gave mm-hmm. him a little bit more. Uh, I'm curious what you think. We, we talked about this, too, the, the the conversation for Christian McCaffrey. Now, is it, we can we're – not, we're not bashing insiders here. But we're going to do it uh, in, in fair fashion because uh, both uh, CBS Sports' Jonathan Jones and ESPN's Jeremy Fowler, mm-hmm. former colleague of mine too, mm-hmm. um, both great people, yeah, sure. both great information, both uh, reporting the Panthers would like a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. You and I uh, believe that is a bit pie in the sky. Well, there's a big difference between what the Panthers are asking for and what they would like and what would be a good deal. Sure. And I, have a, is, I have an old Yukon in the driveway here. that I'd like to get $30,000 for. It's <laughs> probably not going to happen. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I think that is the that is the difference here. I, I think when we say the Panthers are not getting a first, or I'd be shocked if they got a first-round pick for Christian McCaffrey. It's not disputing that the reporting that is coming out there is accurate, because I believe that it is. But I think they might be willing to accept something less. Or first more. Pick. Or they they would absolutely take more. I always wonder. Like again, like I'll take thirty thousand for that Yukon or more. Or more. Brinson like, sources say Brinson is looking to get thirty K for his Yukon. Thirty K or more. It's like yeah, I mean anyway, sorry. Yes, absolutely. And again, maybe somebody will will sit down with their owner and they'll just say, listen. We got to get something. And Christian McCaffrey is a game changer. And to be fair, we know about his injury history. He has not been used all that great for a chunk of this season. And yet, dude is still producing. He is still racking up yards in these games where the Panthers have very little going on offense, where they're a mess. Christian McCaffrey at this point has 670 yards from scrimmage in six games. So he is still the best part of that Carolina offense. The problem 
it's not really about 2022 because Christian McCaffrey is owed basically the minimum. Uh, they, they reduced his salary to try to restructure in advance of hopefully trading for Deshaun Watson, which obviously did not happen. Next year, though, I think his, his compensation is $13 million. He has like twelve seven five as a base, and then he has two hundred fifty k I think, as a workout bonus. And if you've seen Christian McCaffrey, you know he's not missing workouts. He's going to take advantage <laughs> of that workout bonus. So that is the tough part for me when it comes to trading significant draft capital for Christian McCaffrey. And I think a two and a four would be pretty significant draft capital. Even a two is pretty meaningful for a running back where we do know his injury history he's been productive this year he's a special player when he's on the field but would you pay him 13 million dollars next year i think that's the tough part because if you are willing to then hey great you can get this deal done and you can justify having him on your roster for multiple seasons but if you're not willing to pay him that much you're either asking him to take a pay cut as part of this deal which maybe he'll do maybe he won't or you're going to have to cut him after this season which means you're paying a two for a rental running back and because you cut him you're not getting a compensatory pick back if he signs somewhere else in free agency so it's a really narrow window to make this work and i think for what we said about the panthers wanting a first round pick or more like i think there is a price tag where david tepper is just going to say no it's too embarrassing to dump christian mccaffrey for a fourth round pick even if we're going to cut him at the end of the season anyway so I, I don't know what that middle ground is but i think the the compensation you have out there is probably right in terms of being able to justify the rams having it make sense for them and the panthers getting enough that it's worth going out of their way to do this deal yeah and, and the other thing to factor in here too is that and, and i agree with you like i mean David Tepper, you you think he? I mean, he's he's not very good at it so far, but he sure. doesn't like being embarrassed as a professional football owner. Um, no, now has has the entire his entire tenure with the Panthers been embarrassing? Maybe, um, but it, I think too. Christian McCaffrey is by like by a wide margin the most popular uh, player yes. on the Carolina Panthers. Yes, and and I know that that shouldn't necessarily factor in if you are being a good uh, football businessman but but I, but I do think i mean you know like christian mccaffrey sells jerseys yep he's i mean without mccaffrey what is this offense like i mean <laughs> i mean sam Darnold's coming back from ir and probably starting mm-hmm. um it's gonna be like sam Darnold and um Ch- chuba hubbard <laughs> and dj moore which is not oh. exactly patrick mahomes and and tyree kill and travis kelsey um or the, you know, I mean, so, I mean, the, the Panthers, I, I think that will factor in a little bit in terms of not being willing to take nothing back. Mm-hmm. Um, the one team that, you know, is, is you could justify maybe using a first round pick for Christian McCaffrey would be um, the Buffalo Bills in only because it would be stunning if that pick was earlier than like 28th or 29th. Mm-hmm. However, if you look at the Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott era, they have invested in the running back position several times. Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, yep. James Cook. Mm-hmm. And none of those guys were drafted in the first round because they understand they are not idiots. They understand <laughs> the valuation of running backs. Um, they want to get somebody in the second or third round. They've seen the recent trend of being able to acquire guys in that range who turn out to be possibly franchise, you know, or 
uh, not a fr- no, franchise backs, but like you, you don't, you just don't put, you don't get a run, you don't pay a first round draft price for a running back. And so mm-hmm. I don't think that they'd be willing to do that, particularly with McCaffrey's mileage, um, you know, the, the contract situation you described. So to me, the second round pick from the Rams, mm-hmm. who, by the way, could really use yes. dynamic pass catching running back to mitigate and alleviate the pressure that Matthew Stafford is currently under uh, from the pass from opposing pass rushes. Yes, absolutely. I mean, that is the thing is that they need something to supplement that offense, and they're getting nothing at running back right now. I mean, I, I pitched a Sony Michelle trade to them in my first column, just thinking, you know, get a guy who you trust between the tackles, who's going to push the pile. Like, no, he's not going to be Todd Gurley in his prime. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey, but at least you can trust him as a early down running back like they need something there and then probably something at receiver which i still think is gonna be odell beckham but at the end of the day who knows like like stranger things have happened i mean there's a few teams you could see here the the rams make sense the bills make sense the niners make sense honestly the chiefs make sense although i i tried to put that one together and couldn't make it work actually let me i have another chiefs offer for you well and you mentioned dj moore let me do that one here um, this is a, another three-way trade. We're starting off with we're making it. Your trades impossible. are just better than mine, by the way. I want to get that out there. Yes, that is are. not accurate. We will. We will. I'm see like I'm like trading like a guy for a pick, and you're like you traded like I think one of yours had like you traded the Chiefs mascot to somebody. <laughs> you know what? He's been riding off the Mahomes hype train too long you, you can get another mascot in there he'll be just fine with patrick mahomes he uh the the chiefs mascot and the colts mascot are my favorite mascots in football because no one is better at um slamming their head into the uh field goal the 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 padded field goal yes. uh the padded goal post portion uh when when, it, when a missed field goal occurs and it gets me every time though. like every <laughs> time i see that little is, I, I don't even know what he what is the chiefs mascot okay kangaroo wolf combo kind of <laughs> the colts also miss a lot of field goals so that's yeah. plenty of opportunities for that mascot to that horse to hammering his head into the goal like it gets me every time like like he's just bashing his head into the goalpost i i, I just i can't i you find you find something that works you stick with it i think absolutely. is is what mascots do here is my three-way trade i think this makes everyone happy you tell me what you think so basically this is two trades we can do it as a three-way trade might be easier to do it as two separate trades so first off the packers get marquez valdez scantling from the chiefs who give up a fourth round pick to get M- oh, sorry who get a fourth round pick back from the packers and i think this makes sense for the packers because they need help a receiver they need someone who can take the top off the defense they need somebody who can scare teams away from loading up the box against their rushing attack and they need someone right now. Like, I always thought they'd be a good fit for Odell Beckham because they could kind of just, you know, meander through the regular season. And then if you get Odell Beckham back in time for the postseason, that's great. But they need help right now. They're two games back from the Vikings. In the two and a half. Or two and a half, right, with the tiebreaker. And MVS knows the offense, man. Like, if you trade for him on Thursday, he could start for you on Sunday. He's not, he has his weaknesses. We know he's not a superstar. But he is a guy who would be a starter for that offense. And I think that would be a logical fit for the Packers. Now, the Packers could also get trade for the other guy involved with this deal. But they have not seemed desperate to make a significant move in terms of giving up a first-round pick for a receiver. But could the Kansas City Chiefs do that? 
And that is why I think they can afford to trade Marquez Valdez Scantling because they package their fourth round pick, the fourth round pick they just got from the Packers in the MVS deal, and their first round pick in 2023. Send that to the Panthers for DJ Moore. Now, in part, this is because I have lots of DJ Moore in fantasy football, and he is dying on the vine with the various quarterbacks the Panthers have. But I think this makes a lot of sense for the Chiefs for a couple of reasons. Number one, DJ Moore is still young. He's 25 years old. He is going to be in his prime for several years. He can be the focal point of that offense, not only now, but also once Travis Kelsey moves on, which could be a year or two from now, even though it looks like he's not aging whatsoever. And what makes this more appealing to a Chiefs team with Patrick Mahomes and his massive salary at quarterback is that DJ Moore's deal, which was just signed in March, is already way below the market. He makes $1 million this year in base salary. Next couple of years, it's 19.965 and 15.85. That's 20, 35, 36, about $37 million over the next three years. So a little under $13 million per year, which is great. The Panthers have already paid his signing bonus. That's not part of the deal for the Chiefs. I mean, you know, when you have a, a market where Tyreek Hill is getting twice that much to play wide receiver. Tyreek Hill is a better player than DJ Moore, but I think DJ Moore is still pretty good. And that's a pretty reasonable price for a number one receiver where you don't even have to think about renegotiating this contract until 2024. I think that would be an easy victory for the Chiefs and get them a number one, a true number one receiver to me and lock that in for the next few years. While also uh, booing or, or, or lifting up our best ball teams from 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 the depths of that. Of is another podcast for another day, but yes, that would be nice as well. Um, no, I mean, I think, and look, DJ Moore would probably love this because, eh, you know, I mean, Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and PJ Walker, probably lovely people, or I'm actually definitely lovely people. Um, but, uh, you know, not the Panthers, Panthers offensive situation is, is abysmal at best. And so I think DJ Moore moving to that spot in Kansas city would be quite happy with it. Um, the other thing too, uh, back in, I think it was 2020, you know, when mid, mid, like mid, mm-hmm. mid, like mid heavy pandemic. Right. Um, yes. Me and uh, Adam Azer did these uh, uh, afternoon on Sunday afternoons. We would do these uh, like live watches of whatever game was on CBS and uh, our CBS uh, corporate overlords would hire, would, would pay uh, some former NFL player to come join us on the stream. And we had Jordy Nelson one, one, one time and Jordy Nelson broke down in great detail that, Aaron Rodgers like the reason that they don't, you know, the, the reason that Aaron, Aaron Rodgers likes to have receivers who, who have experience on the like he likes he likes to have guys who have experience on the Packers roster because when you know he does that little patented, um, it's not actually patented, but he does his little, he goes through his reads right, and then he, it, when he doesn't see anything, he has that little roll like the little the little like turn and he rolls out to his right. Yep, I mean everybody knows what it looks like. Well, when he does that, as Jordy Nelson explained, he expects his receivers to then operate with a sort of freelance secondary route slash read where they know when he starts to roll, he expects them to change whatever route they're doing and to work their way into the open field so that way he can deliver the ball. In other words, it's basically like a secondary route. Yes. And and I mean, obviously lots of, you know, you, you want to be on the same page, but it takes time working with Rodgers to get there mm-hmm. and for the Packers to find a fix. You're right. If they need somebody who knows the offense, I don't understand why they didn't give MVS 
the contract the Chiefs gave him, but more. Like it's mm-hmm. basically a one year, nine million dollar deal. I mean, the, right. it was it was framed as a three year, thirty million dollar deal, and people lost their minds. It's a one year, nine million dollar contract, and they can be done with it after one season. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah that makes I like sense it. to me. Um, if you're the Panthers, do you take a one and a four for DJ Moore, or is that not enough? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I think if the Panthers any first round picks the Panthers can get, they would take in a heartbeat. Interesting. Okay, so we're on board with that one. Give me your next trade. Uh, my next trade was let's see. Oh, I know. Um, you know, while while we're stripping down the Panthers, let's just keep stripping down the Panthers. <laughs> wow. Let's let's take this this old this old busted Yukon and strip it down for parts. <laughs> See what we can get for it. Um, Brian Burns. Yep. The Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens trade for Brian Burns. Ooh, okay. The Panthers get, in 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 return, uh, a conditional first-round pick. Oh. Now, because it's a fake trades podcast, I can implement whatever fake conditions I want, Bill. Of course you can. <laughs> they, obviously, they could uh, – he is in his final year of his contract, right? He has, I think, one more year to go. I think he's oh, so he his, has his fifth year option coming up next year. Option coming up, yes. Yeah, well, that's even better. Um, there we go. So, you know what? Maybe, maybe I was thinking he. You're right. He does have his fifth year option. So they could. T- he is 24 years old, Bill. He's a baby, and yeah. he's really good. He's really good, and the Panthers have made it. I mean, I feel like they've made it fairly clear that they are not. Um, like they don't. I mean, they could they should have paid him this offseason if you if right right absolutely i mean the price is only going to go up put it that way why do teams do that it drives me nuts it's like just get the guy under contract while you can and the right price, it's not insane um right. burns is going to command a massive contract mm-hmm. at his age with his production with his upside former first round pick um todd france is his agent todd france also the former the, the agent for dak prescott so mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's been down this road before where the team yes. didn't want to pay him um my condition was going to be that the ravens sign him to a contract but uh we'll just say it's a first round pick if the ravens make the playoffs a second round pick and we'll just say it's a first round pick you know uh, toss the condition out the window i think burns i think burns is worth a first round pick i would if I were the Ravens, I would, he might actually he might be worth more than one first round pick. Mm-hmm. I, did I undersell? Did I underprice that? I hmm, that's a good question. I, I that may that might be a or more situation for me. <laughs> I, I I think I would say I'd want a little more than a first round pick if I were the Panthers. But again, it depends on what their leverage is. You know, it, it if they don't think they want to pay him what he's going to get on the open market, then you're probably taking a one. Like you know, if you're seriously committed to paying him then then you're probably asking for a one of the three or one of the conditional two maybe but i do think that brian burns is a a top 10 pass rusher in this league and i mean look what khalil mack cost khalil mack yeah. costs two first round picks and i don't think brian burns is quite on khalil mack's level but he's younger he doesn't have the injury history that khalil mack had when that trade happened and i i think there's a lot of reasons to think he's going to be a superstar over the next four or five seasons so for the Ravens, you, you also you also guarantee. Your, I mean, you're guaranteed two and a half years of, um, uh, of having the player provided you use the franchise tag in yep. 2024. Yep, and that is not out of the realm of possibility. The pan. Oh, the only thing I would say for the Ravens though is they might need their franchise tag for somebody else in that roster. Ooh, good. Oh, so, well, yeah, but, they, but but they would need it in 2023 for that dynamic quarterback of theirs. They might right. need it twice. They might need. It oh, twice. It's, oh, that's, that's a good point. Huh. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, 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 
the Ravens definitely have a need. And I mean, getting a superstar player in his prime is something they would do. So I, I, I don't think you can rule it out by any means. But to me, I think, um, I think I'd want a little more if I were the Panthers. But then again, like I said, it depends on what they, what they think about his future with the team. One in a three that becomes a two if the Ravens make the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, I would go with that. I'd say one in a three. I think would would be fair. Uh, we'll see. Panthers fans will yell at us if if we're underpricing Brian Burns, but I think he's a legitimate superstar. And I think, you know, uh, the thing is, he's so young. Like Moore is young too, but Burns is even younger. And if you're the Panthers, like even if you are thinking you're not going to be good for two more years, like he's going to be good. He'll be 27. He'll be in his prime still. So I, I I would just sign him. But there's a lot of players where I think, why don't they just sign him? And that doesn't always happen. So. I, I think your instincts there are probably informed, to say the least. All right. I like it. Uh, what, okay. what's, what's your next one? My next one, much less exciting. No first-round picks involved. All my other ones are lower-level deals. That was the big one, the DJ Moore deal for me. I will go with a player who, speaking of best ball teams, has been collecting zeros on the bottom of rosters for the past few weeks. A man who has fallen out of favor was a healthy scratch on Monday Night Football. And that is Broncos tight end Albert Agwe Boonham, who looked like he was going to be an impact player. And the Broncos do not see as an impact player. They're playing four tight ends over him right now. So <laughs> I, I, I think he moves on. I think I looked at teams who might need a tight end, and I came to the New York Giants, who are off to a hot start. I don't know if you heard about the Giants. They are, are five and one somehow. I thought they already won the Super Bowl. They have already won next year's Super Bowl already. They've won. Two Congratulations, Super Bowls. Brian Dable. Yes. Uh, uh, Agwe Boonham is not going to cost much. I have it as a 2024 sixth round pick. But Brian Dable, we know, gets the most out of the offensive pieces he has. And they don't have a lot on offense. Daniel Bellinger has been their primary tight end. Ricky Seals Jones was cut for the season. Um, the wide receiver room is is pretty iffy david sills getting a bunch of snaps that's, Ricky James that's, is a regular. that's pretty iffy <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to be kind there's <laughs> there there's major questions about whether they have the playmakers on offense they need so i, I don't think uh i Boonham's going to go over there and suddenly be a superstar but i think if you can get him for 20 snaps a game as a upside tight end for a sixth round pick in 2024 i think it makes sense and for the broncos who aren't playing this guy who don't seem to believe in him who need draft capital after the russell wilson trade i i think that it's smart to go out and get a pick for a guy who's not going to be using your roster so i I try to find a player for player fit i always prefer those trades didn't really see a good fit here in terms of player for player but i I think ugly boonham for a six makes sense to me i like it um i i'm also impressed that you didn't do what I would have done, which is call him Albert O three times. Yeah, I, I know you're a professional. Like, no, but like I probably pronounced it wrong anyway. Like I, I have my belief. Who's gonna, who's gonna, you know. who's gonna know to call you out unless, unless Albert O listens to the podcast? Maybe he does. I'm not gonna rule it out. He's a smart man, a man of taste and and, uh, and refined, refined, a refined, refined audio gentleman. palette. <laughs> yeah, he's listening on very fancy uh, earbuds. I am sure, but I, I think. I want to see him play. You know, I, I think he did not get a fair shake in Denver, given the circumstances, barely got any playing time after the first couple of weeks. And I don't know if I were you, I'd, I'd want to get a Denver right now if I could. So I, I think it could be a positive move for all parties involved. 
No, I, I like it. And again, like you point out with the Giants, and I, my next trade is going to have some of the Giants trading somebody away. Um, but I mean, they are, they're five and one. Granted, all six of their games have been one score games. And sure. as we like to talk about frequently, Bill, those are uh, oftentimes maybe less predictive of sure. what, what, what the real outcome should be. But, you know, they are a well coached team. Daniel Jones is starting to look like he might be the guy. Mm, I'm not ready to go with you on that that one yet, my friends. I was really just trolling Giants fans. Um, <laughs> but he's better. He, 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 yeah, he might not be the guy, but he's better. I, mean, I mean, they're playing their way out of a <laughs> of drafting a quarterback, regardless. Yes. Um, it, he needs weapons. I mean, it's it's like Darius Slayton ain't gonna cut it, and you know, Wandale Robinson hasn't been able to get healthy. They they obviously like him. But, you know, yeah. uh, Kenny Galladay's probably the currently like worst contract in. Has to, be. has to be right you can't think of a worse one mm, no that that's the worst one i think yeah and um Kadarius tony is a uh product of the previous regime and clearly not somebody who is um necessarily uh, beloved by the current regime. <laughs> so i like the move is that, is that the guy you have it is the guy that i had yeah was, i was going to segue but you did it first um what's, what's, the, what's the deal uh, I sent him to the Packers. Okay, I like that. Now I noted that your MVS deal is better. I don't know if that's true. Oh, well, I get, I have the Giants getting a twenty twenty three third round pick. I like that. I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously Tony, a former first round pick of the uh, the legendary Dave Gettleman. Sure. Now, with, you know, what with all the typing and the whatnot. <laughs> um, they got the last laugh there. Do, do you think? Do you think this was a computer guy selection? Uh, no, I think this this was <laughs> no. What this was was a quintessential Dave Gettleman. I got, oh god, I got sniped by the Eagles for Devontae Smith. I don't know what to do. Uh, yes, hello. Ryan Pace. Oh, yeah. Uh, yes, I will take another first round pick. Um, and to trade down for the first time in the history of my uh, drafting, like I think he had like what probably ten drafts that he ran between the Panthers and the and the Giants. I think so. Yeah. And the only time he ever traded, moved around in the first round, was his final draft when he got sniped by the Eagles. The Bears wanted to come up and get Justin Fields. He took the extra first round pick, and then he just drafted the next wide receiver on his board. Yeah. I will say that was the best move Dave Gettleman made in the first round. Right, but, but I mean, like, it's an accidental genius move. Oh, sure, but sometimes a- uh, accidental genius is better than than knowing dumb person. And that, that is that. Yeah, that is. Hey, look, it, again, it was his best move. <laughs> yes, that is the thing. I mean, I you know, I I I think at this point that's a sunk cost, right? Like Kadarius Tony is on the roster. He clearly has upside. He has been brilliant when healthy. But he hasn't been healthy. And when he has been healthy, haven't we seen these regimes believe in him all that much? So I think we know the upside is there. And I think the price tag is reasonable. But do you think the Packers can get the most out of Kadarius Tony? Um I'm not sure about that. And I don't know. Do do, do you know uh offhand? I I know it, but do you know offhand what uh Kadarius Tony's rap name is? <laughs> I do not, sorry. Uh, it's Young Joker. 
Oh, uh, nice. Y-U-N-G. I only know that Mike Glennon told me that he, he's actually like a pretty, he said he's a pretty good rapper and a good dude. <laughs> well, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, if you, if you want to get the, if I'm thinking what, what person in the NFL would I go to for rap reviews? Mike Glennon, obviously. Mike Glennon is the first one I would think of. So that makes total sense. Yeah, totally. Um, at any rate, like I also was going to have uh, the, the Packers get the rights to his, any future music videos that are released by Young Joker. That's so, fair. So that's, you, you know, know, sort of, you know. If the Packers are going to start a culture department and start putting out videos, better Kadarius Tony than Aaron Rodgers. I think it's fair to say. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, I mean, what uh... this podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There is no competition and right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a jets pizza location near you again try jet signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What goes better with, uh, you know, beer cheese than than, than rap music? You know? That's like, true. I mean, yeah. you know, I, I, I think there's upside there when it comes to Tony. And I think that the Packers yeah. certainly could use someone with his athleticism. And again, I, I think it would be a you'd have to kind of work your way into the offense with him. I think it has to be like sort of a gadget thing to start the, yep. the tenure there. But I mean, that's they right. need to get something to improve that offense. They need you something could, that you could, could use him in screens. Jet sweeps. And they love screens. They were, they throw screens more than anybody else in football. There you go. Exactly. That's what my thinking was, Bill. Um, Very I, wise. I definitely did not know that they threw the most screens in football. But that, that, <laughs> throw a lot. You know that. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know it was the number one. But yes, I mean, that, it, it does make like the idea of pairing him with, you know, like an Alan Lazard type or, you know, yeah. you got Christian Watson who's developing. These guys can get a little bit deeper. I'm not saying Tony can't get deep, but he's, I mean, he, like you watch him play. It's not hard to figure out why, uh, you know, the I mean, why the Giants liked him, why people liked him coming out of Florida. Like, you get him the ball in short yardage space, and he is so twitchy. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know, Aaron Rodgers wants to simplify, simplify the offense. What's more simple than screens and, and and jet sweeps? Yeah, get the ball out and let him deal with it. And that's 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 a totally reasonable addition. So yeah, I, I think that makes total sense to me. Um, my next deal is a very unexciting three way trade. We talked about like receivers and running backs. These are a bunch of dudes who these teams don't want, but who I think could each benefit from a change of scenery. 
a three-way trade where the Browns get Michael Brockers from the Lions, the Lions get Jonathan Abram from the Raiders, and the Raiders get Joe Haig from the Browns. Three super exciting players. Everyone has posters of Michael Brockers and Joe Haig on their wall, but (laughs) each of these teams have needs. The Browns need help stopping the run. They have been a disaster against the run. Their defensive tackles aren't very good. They just need to get bigger, frankly, on the interior. And Brockers not playing much for the Lions, but still, I think, a useful interior defender. Abram, uh, about to be a free agent. The Raiders declined his fifth-year option. He was drafted by the prior regime, so you know that they don't really want him very much. I think he's a could be a useful box safety. I think they need to sort of do a better job of coaching him, frankly. I think he wasn't coached very well before this new regime got there. Um, but the Lions need help in the secondary pretty much everywhere. They are a disaster um, in the secondary right now. And then the Raiders could use help at offensive tackle. I mean, they they have had injuries everywhere on their line. Haig, who's not playing for the Browns, he's really been a healthy scratcher most of this year, really a luxury given how many teams need offensive line help. But Haig is a, a veteran player. He's played guard. He's played tackle. Um, I think he'd probably play guard for the Raiders, actually, but maybe he could play tackle in a sense if he needs to. But there's just they need offensive linemen. So I, I think this is a three-way trade where it's not going to excite anybody. Probably Lions have to pick up some money, I believe, because Brockers, I think, makes more than Abram and Haig. But I do think that a three-way trade that could make sense for all parties involved. I like the... I always love when teams have to excuse me, pick up money um, because it's like the... like It's immediately reported, you know, when Robbie Anderson gets traded, it's like, uh, the you know, the Cardinals are picking up his full salary. It's like, okay, the Panthers are getting, like, nothing coming back. Yes. Like if the, if the Cardinals are, I mean, yeah, like, and, and they, they did get nothing in turn. Yes. Uh, yeah. I like that though. I think the one, one of the ones um, I'm, I'm actually, I was going to ask you, I don't have, so I have Abrams in a, in an incomplete trade. Oh. <laughs> I wanted to figure a way to you. package Abrams and Cleveland Farrell. Yeah, I mean, I think Abram and Farrell make sense, uh, but, I, but I, I can't. I couldn't figure out who would who would take both. That's the thing. That's the tough part. Like, you, could, I, I could see one going out, but like, that's that's like just dumping all the stuff. That's like a yard sale. Like, it's just dumping all the stuff you don't want into a right. bucket and saying, "Hey, take this bucket." Like, maybe someone. It's like, will take oh, the bucket, oh, so I, I, oh, so I see. Like th- these, you really hate these players. <laughs> like, yes. Like, you, not only did you not pick up their fifth year options, but you you're trying to trade both of them. Yes, that yeah. that that's the part that I think is tough for me. Like I think it just feels too much like a a poo poo platter kind of situation. Right. You sort of feel like the yeah yeah yeah. I, I, although I mean, you know, poo poo platter sort of get an un, sort of get a bad rap. That's fair. Poo poo platters are kind of great. I'm I, that I I immediately regretted it when I said it. I think. <laughs> no no no. I mean it's it is the perfect phrase. It is like a little make a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Sure. Um, you know I I think that um so yeah I I don't. I I was I was th- th- that was my fifth trade, which but I was like trying to find a possible landing spot for both guys, so that way the Raiders can, can could get some kind of because clearly they're not bringing those guys back. I mean, right? Whether it was Mayock, whether it was Gruden, and I I lean towards that it was Gruden making the ultimate calls, especially um, you know with Farrell up top when you could have had oh gosh what uh, uh, Devin White or Josh, Josh Allen, right? Yeah. Right. Um, but you know I, I think that getting anything in return for those two guys would be a big, big bonus for the Raiders because we don't know how this team is going to end up 
Like we, it's hard to say how their season's going to end up going. Mm-hmm. I think they're probably a better team than they've shown. But if you're, you know, if you're if you're that new regime in in Las Vegas and you are trying to completely change over, and we, we as we understand it, I mean, like by, you know, they they don't like the players that were left there, mm-hmm. and by moving those players, even if you're losing football games, you get to signal to uh, your minivan driving French fry loving owner, you know, hair, haircut masterpiece owner, <laughs> that you you know, hey, look, it's not our fault, Mark. It's Mr. Gruden's fault. I it's Gruden's fault. I love you. I know you love John and Mike, but look at this poo-poo platter they left us. You would never get this at PF Chang's. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You would you order this at PF Chang's, Mark? This is no lettuce wrap. Come on. No, I mean it makes sense. I think the finding the team that would take it is tough because both those guys are free agents after the season. So, like, are you going to give up a anything more than a six just to? get two guys who have not been very good. Right. Like I, I mean, maybe a fourth roster. if you think both guys can be impact, like can make any kind of, because you're getting two guys, right? You're getting two guys, but then you're also going to have to resign them at the end of the year. Right. So it, it's tough. I, I think there's a way to make it work. But and I think it, compens- it probably- compensatory wise, you're probably getting uh, what at most a six for those two guys. I, I mean, again, like are, are those guys going to have great markets? I think that's oh. the tough part. Like it, it, it just, you know, there's a there's a universe in which it could make sense, and then you get something more out of it. But it's just tough. I, I think it's just those guys are. You might have to sell them to different teams just because no one's going to want to take on both those players and have them be free agents. I don't know. It, it's a fascinating thought experiment, though. I, I you know, I, I I do think the Ravens make sense because they have taken shots on players before when they that, bought low and and yeah. had them turn into something more, and they could use help in both those positions at the moment, frankly. So. I and that was that. actually who I was targeting. And I was like, I mean, it's like, are the, I mean, you know, are those guys really going like, to change this? Ra- <laughs> mm. Hey, let's be more like the Raiders defense. That's fair. You know, That's like fair. it's so, so, th- so I mean, that is my, that is my, I, I somehow snuck one of my trades and I sort of, I actually packaged it. I, uh, <laughs> well, I, I guess I, um, Paris, I, it was sort of more of a parasite, like a remora. Do you know what a remora is? I don't. It's a, um, it's this. It's this little. It's a fish mm-hmm. that latches onto the underbelly of bigger fish, and like specifically sharks. And they just, or maybe they don't latch, but they're like, like they swim right underneath them, and like all the, like the stuff that sharks don't, the shark doesn't eat, like like the leftovers, like the remoras, like scooping them up. So that's that's what I did. I remoraed, <laughs> I remoraed your. Uh, your your Abram trade by with my incomplete. That's so. There's so many NFL metaphors for this that I like. They're all <laughs> inappropriate, but I I so many things are coming to mind. So, do we want to count that as one of your trades? Yes. Okay. So then I'll give you another one here as we finish up here. I will give you a a Rams trade. Not a very exciting Rams trade, but I think a logical one. I have the Rams getting Jerry Hughes from the Texans, where Jerry Hughes, of course, longtime Bills defensive end, has been decent for Houston this year, but Texans are not going anywhere. They don't need a veteran edge rusher, not a huge salary on Jerry Hughes. And in return, the Texans, who just shed uh, Jack Easterby from their organization, which is exciting news for them, they get a 2023 sixth-round pick and guy who starred in the preseason, wide receiver Lance McCutcheon, where... The Texans could use weapons, use playmakers for Davis Mills. Of course, they are without um, John Mechie, who's out for the year as he battles leukemia. I hope John Mechie's doing well. Um, Nico Collins has not been all that great this year. Brandon Cook's, of course, very good. But 
I think taking a flyer on a guy who looked impressive in the preseason makes sense to me for a guy like you, where you're probably not getting too much more. Like maybe you get a five instead of a six, but why not take a shot on a guy who looked promising and see if he's going to be a valuable part of your offense for years to come. He's cheap. He's young and they could use the help at receiver. So I, I, I think that trade makes sense for both sides for me. Um, yeah. So I, 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 I just, I actually just like, was trying, I would done a Jackie should be rabbit hole. That sort of fell. It, it, it had, that's, it's not getting enough attention by the way, the Jackie should be got fired. It, it does seem strange. And I also noticed that uh, I didn't, he, he tweeted on October 17th, my family and I are thankful for our time in Houston. We appreciate the opportunities the McNair family has provided us. We wish the organization well moving forward and has since retweeted like 12 things. Therefore pushing down the admission that he it was fired the the non admission that he was fired from the Texans off of his feed just um, just just a great time to do some retweets yeah just feel just doing some retweeting just just gonna retweet some stuff you know like I'm just gonna retweet some Tony Dungy stuff um yeah just just gonna retweet uh, Buzz Williams the uh, uh the, <laughs> the the my favorite thing about the Jack Easterby stuff is how Mike Florio's um like not not I don't want to say it's an obsession. Like Florio latched onto this, like the resume thing mm-hmm. and would not let it go. And I don't blame him. I mean, like, Easterby is like, it's like Jack Easterby helped guide the Jaguars to the 2017, like, <laughs> like AFC championship game. It's like, uh, you were like a quarter. I can't remember what it was, there's, but there's some like instance where he was like mentioned in his, you know, in his resume. It's like describing like, or his bio describes it as like his impact, his major impact on particular oh. teams. Then you go and look and he was like a, like an assistant video, you know, like assistant, like video production or like, you know, whatever it is. Like he, he wasn't, he was not like running personnel and, mm-hmm. and, um, and he kept his job in Houston by, by, by uh, allegedly or reportedly like uh, engaging in frequent prayer with the, with the uh, current owner, Cal McNair, who um, also acquired his uh, position through a uh, incredible series of, uh, of smart work maneuvers, like being <laughs> born. Being born and not dying uh, were the, the two keys. <laughs> he was born and did not die, and that's inheriting how the team. I will say there is a very mean comment, a well, pretty mean comment that I'm going to read below Jack Easterby's tweet, and I will move on from it at that point. Some uh, also Robin S on Twitter said to Jack Easterby after his post that you mentioned, I am thankful that your time in Houston is over. Maybe you should apply in Indy, Jacksonville, or Nashville next, which is not nice. <laughs> oh my God, these comments are unbelievable. And and we deal with commenters all day who are mean. It's like, I, I didn't realize there were so many, so many memes and gifs with swear words in them. Yeah, it really is something. Um, can we get your last trade, Will? Uh, yeah. Um, so I guess that's I, I don't do do the Dolphins want to trade Mike Gusecki? I don't uh, ac- according to our Jeremy Fowler, they do, and I trust Jeremy's reporting. I think they would like to, given that he's making more than ten million dollars and not, you know, a focal point of their offense. But I think the tough part is is someone really going to absorb what seven million dollars or so of his deal for a guy who is basically a wide receiver? I don't know. I mean, I think there's, I, I think it would make sense for the Dolphins, 
but I don't know who it makes sense for elsewhere. So I, I'm intrigued to see who you have Mike Kosicki going to in a possible <laughs> deal. Well, if you're going to pay one tight end $10 million, why not pay two tight ends $10 million? I'm going to the Cowboys. I don't know if they have. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. I don't. I don't know if they have the salary cap room. Um, They'll make it work. I don't know if they. I don't. I, like. I. I had him giving back. Uh, let's say a 2023 fourth round pick. Okay. Because I think if you're the Dolphins, you would. If if you're not going to resign Mike Gesicki, and I mean, I would think too with Miami. I mean, it, you know, it's. I mean, I think it's fair to say that. You know. Um, I mean essentially you know the way that they are operating is is should be we, we should approach how they want there's certain personnel decisions like would what would uh Kyle Shanahan do right mm-hmm. and I would think you know it's pretty obvious that Kyle Shanahan you know likes blocking tight ends like George I mean George Kittle is clearly like the best blocking tight end in football now with, yes. with Robert Murkowski out but you know that's not Mike um you know that's not Mike Gusecki right Mm-hmm. And and so I, I think that if you're the if you're the if you're the Dolphins, maybe that's what you're looking for. And as such, you know, you're willing to deal him, knowing that you are not going to, you know, at best you're going to get a fourth round pick in return in the open market, more likely a fifth round pick compensatory, uh, depending on what he would sign for. So uh, I, I think that they would take a fourth round pick pretty quickly from the Cowboys for him. Yeah, uh, and. You know, for the Cowboys, they have actually enough cap space to do this. They have about ten million in space. Gesicki would be do I think a little over seven million prorated over the rest of the season. So you could make it work financially. And I mean, Dalton Schultz is not healthy. He he got hurt. He right. came back. He got hurt again. I mean, I think there's legit concerns that he's going to be their guy going forward. And he, of course, is a free agent after this season as well. Um, so he might not be in the Cowboys' future plans. I. So they would be able to get him because he, he, at this point he signed the franchise tender. Like you can't have two franchise players. Oh, but once once you sign the tender, then I think you become a you're just you, on a one year contract. Yeah. So I think it would be fine. You can't and, franchise tag two players, but yeah, I, that's a, that's a, I, that is a situation that we have never seen unfold. I can't. I I can't. I know when Tennessee had Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry coming up, it was like, well, what what can they do? Um, but they didn't have to deal with this. Uh, they signed both of them. Can you extension. can you um, can you franchise tag somebody and then transition tag a different player? I think you can. I believe you can, but I'd have to double check. Um, yeah, and, and I and I think once Schultz is signed and because they've both been signed to one year deals, I think at that point it's fine. So, right and at that point, they are simply players on one year contracts. Yes, who you can't I, negotiate with. Yes, Ken Wisenhunt will tell us otherwise if we are incorrect after the show. <laughs> of course. Uh, now, the other thing you could do, too, is, um, you know, you, you can't offer him a contract during the season. But at the end of the season, you say, hey, here's the deal we're offering to both of you. Yeah. We're only offering it to one of you. Whoever accepts it first gets it. First person to say yes. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. See, that's that's really the only reason I did the trade. <laughs> that's a good one, though. I like that one a lot. Man, and, and I think it makes sense. You know, Michael Gallup's still not 100%. Um, they've used a lot of Noah Brown this year, frankly. Jalen Tolbert, who another best ball guy who has disappeared off the face of the earth, mm. um, doesn't appear to be ready. So, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys can win a Super Bowl with I this mean, defense. They, they, You have to get some help for Dak. Like, it's very clear that CeeDee Lamb would be, you know, when Dak's coming back this week, CeeDee Lamb is going to be 
just functionally more dynamic and explosive when teams because you know before Gallup can and I like Michael Gallup I, you know he's not he's not the same level as Amari Cooper which by the way they kind of botched that whole thing um, sure. like we saw situations where you know you can you can just like basic not bracket but like basically just kind of double team ish CD Lamb and force the Cowboys to run their offense through everyone else and it just doesn't look as good and and you know they didn't win these last few games with Cooper Rush uh by virtue of their offense it was you know it was not making mistakes with the offense and then the defense winning the games right and i think taking advantage of both those things i mean Micah Parsons is still cheap Trevon Diggs is still cheap like you can afford this expensive one-year tight end to go with your other expensive one-year tight end and then you figure out the future after this year so to me i think the four is a very reasonable price tag for a guy who can be a you know, when healthy, I think a difference maker, he's really, like I said, more of a big slot than he is a tight end, but you can play him and Schultz at the same time because of that. And I think yep. that they could make the most out of that in the months to come. So I'm I'm all for that move. My last one was tough. I wanted to get someone off the Bears because the Bears are basically tanking. We know the Panthers are tanking as well, but the Bears are another team expecting to make moves in, in my in my column on ESPN. I had Robert Quinn leaving the Bears. This time I went with Roquan Smith, where Roquan Smith is a great player. He's in the prime of his career, but they are not close to getting a contract done. The Bears have not signed Roquan Smith. He requested a trade back in August, and it looks like he's going to leave in free agency. So to me, I thought, why not get a, a, a good pick for him now, even if he doesn't play the rest of the year with this team? And I think there's a way you can make it work. So I had Roquan Smith in a fifth-round pick going to the Patriots, for Kendrick Bourne and their third round pick, which is from Carolina. So a very high third round pick for yeah. the for the Bears as part of this deal. I know Bears fans want more, but if Roquan Smith leaves this offseason, even if the Bears don't spend money in free agency, which I think they will, given that they have $100 million in cap space, this is better than any comp pick they could get in return. By like so 70 picks. By like 70 picks. So to me, that makes sense for... The Bears perspective and then basically you're trading a fifth round pick for Kendrick Bourne where just get Justin Fields some players to work with on offense please Kendrick Bourne useful for the Bears useful for the Patriots last year fell out of favor in that offense but he can be a viable number two receiver that would be great the Bears could desperately use a number two receiver to play alongside Darnell Mooney Born is relatively cheap over the next couple of years. I, I think it's such a low cost, obvious move for them. So basically Smith for a three, born for a five. And from the Patriots perspective, I mean, they've had some issues at linebacker. They moved on from Dante Hightower. They they cut Kyle Van Noy. They cut Jamie Collins, brought Jamie Collins back in. Smith is just a, a such a smart player. He's athletic. He's exactly what Bill Belichick wants from his linebackers. It would be tough getting him in there in midseason, but this is a move where you're basically getting a trial on him for the end of the year into the offseason. You can resign him, you can franchise him, or you can let him leave and then probably get a three or a four comp pick back next year. So basically renting Smith for free or a little, you know, the difference between a three and a four. I think that's worth it for the Patriots where that defense could use a, a star linebacker in the middle of the field. And I mean, look, Roquan Smith is, I don't think people understand how good Roquan Smith has been yeah. the last, what, two and a half years, maybe? Uh, um, 
Yeah, I mean, he's been, he's been he's been good. I mean, he's been good his entire. I mean, like he hadn't been like you know. Um, he 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 leveled up a couple of years ago for sure. Yeah, I think uh, maybe maybe it was even it could have even been three years ago. I I, I love Oklahoma. So I loved him coming out of college. I I love him now. I mean, yeah, he's been second pro all uh, second team all pro the last two years. Yeah, I think it was maybe. I mean, he's, yeah, he's he's been very good his entire career, but he definitely took a, a leap forward mm-hmm. in I think twenty twenty. Yep. And because the Bears haven't been very good, and you know, I mean, it's people. I don't think people realize just how skilled and talented a player he he really is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he does. I I always uh, put a wager in on Roquan to win Defensive Player of the Year, mm-hmm. which is stupid because you have to be on a good team to win. <laughs> but he and he and uh, he and Shaquille Leonard are so unique in terms of their ability to produce and, and, uh, and, um, um, the, 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 God, I'm forgetting his name, but, um, the, uh, I cannot believe I'm forgetting his name. The, uh, the, the statistics across the board, uh, Derwin James, good God. Yes. Uh, what is wrong with me? But like, you see, like they, you know, they can, they can, they can rush the passer. They can mm-hmm. drop into coverage. You know, they are uh, like really adept tacklers. Like all three of those guys produce statistics, at at a at a rate that is if you put like if you put Roquan Smith on a good Patriots defense mm-hmm. with Belichick pulling the tr- like you know operating the joystick I mean it feels like he could take a massive leap forward so I I I am a very big fan of this trade yeah and I mean like I said you know it, it's you'd rather do it in the off season but if you can't do it then you do it now you try it out for the rest of the year and then you're probably getting a significant comp pick in return so yeah I, I'm all for it um we will see what happens my suspicion is that i have the over under on any of these deals happening as under a half with very significant juice minus three minus 375 under a half any of these trades any of these like exactly 100 percent correct trades happening yes but they all should frankly these are all trades that make sense to me so despite what the commenters might say we will see what happens but i i feel like we hit on some logical moves here for both teams. Aren't you glad that podcasts don't have like replies? <laughs> I just have to listen to people yelling at me in audio form for like, yeah, like, like yeah, that? yeah. Like like in the like 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 what if you know like Jack Easterby had a podcast and he, you know, he like these replies were in audio form. I mean oh, it would just no. be it would be so many FCC fines. Yeah, that's true. That would not be appropriate. Um, thankfully, we don't have to deal with that. We we love our listeners though. Our listeners are great. Just the other people who listen to the show who are bad. That's a different different uh, group of people altogether. But will you have plenty of people who listen to your various work? Where if people want to be nice and listen and say nice things, where can they do that to you? The Pick Six Podcast, a daily for all of eternity NFL podcast, um, available on Spotify, Apple Podcast, uh, Google Play wherever else you get your podcast and maybe more importantly on YouTube, youtube.com slash pick six. We are, uh, I just actually just got an alert that I will be live in 30 minutes with <laughs> well, actually like 15 minutes uh, with, with my, with my good friend, Brady Quinn, who I should note too, if any of the listeners out there are passionate about a particular charity, Brady Quinn two weeks ago said he would donate $1,000 to listeners charities a different charity each each time for every every win that the jets got this year oh. <laughs> and they are of course are two and oh since then um brady is two thousand dollars down but hey two charities have now benefited from it so if anybody out there is passionate anybody listening to the bill barnwell show is passionate about a particular charity 
uh, go to the uh, tweet me at Will Brinson or at Pick Six Pod or go to our Apple Podcast reviews. Leave a five star review and with your charity, and, and we we pick one each time the Jets win. And I hope that the Jets uh, run the table and, and win the Super Bowl. Or if you're just passionate about not Brady Quinn not having money, yeah, of yeah. Like if you're passionate about seeing Brady Quinn spend thousands of dollars, come on down. Yeah, I mean, and to be fair, those are totally valid reasons to to want Brady Quinn to give up money. So that's, I'm that's my primary passion in this particular <laughs> seeing Brady lose money. <laughs> it's like they, they beat the Packers in Green Bay. <laughs> what is happening? Blew blew the Packers out in <laughs> Green Bay. The Packers left them for dead on Lambeau Field. Incredible. So much is happening this year, Will. It has been a wild season. Hopefully, our trades are just going to make the NFL season even wilder. But until next time, Will, thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure, Bill. Thank you for having me. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening today. Will Brinson, of course, the best. Check out Pick 6 Podcast. Everything Will Brinson does is great. We have more audio coming next week. Hope you guys are enjoying the NFL season. Hope you guys enjoyed some dumb fake trades. One of my favorite things to talk about. More football, hopefully more real football on the way next week. Thanks so much for listening.